Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you want to be the life of the party? Don't you want to be the cream of the crop? Don't you want to feel those shivering fits? Till someone calls it quits. So someone calls it cop. Don't you want to land the roll of a lifetime? Well, you better get down on one knee. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Next Best Theater. I'm your host, Michael Schwartz, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Dan Bayer. Got my bathtub gin already. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Cody Derricks. Come back to Broadway, Tony Collette. And Lauren LaMagna. Hello, hello. Well, we are here to discuss not one, but two musicals tonight, although they share something very specific in common, we are talking about the Wild Party times two, as in the Andrew Lippa Wild Party and the John Michael Lacusa Wild Party, both of which opened the same year based on the same source material, even with some of the same songs. It's sort of wild. But you know what? We are here to break it down, talk about what we like, what we don't like, compare the two, talk about the weird fate that they would both debut within weeks of each other, and what it all means some 21 years later. Okay, it's going to be a wild, wild party here on Next Best Theater. So, break it down, we are going to time travel back to February 2000, when the Andrew Leppa Wild Party premiered over uh, off-Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club. This performance ran for only 54 performances, but it's worth made its mark in the off-Broadway circles. This is a show that starred Julia Murney as Queenie, Brian Darcy James as Burrs, uh, Ted Diggs as Mr. Black, this up-and-comer named Dina Menzel as Kate, and this is the only wild party that has led to some sort of resurgence. There was a 2015 Encores revival, but before we dive too far into it, I want to hear, what did we all think of Lippa's The Wild Party? I'm going to go back in alphabetical order and start with Nicole Ackman. First of all, in perfect honesty, I had never heard either of these musicals <laughs> before prepping for this podcast. I had heard of them, mostly in the context of the fact that there were two musicals that uh, came out the same year, based on the same poem with the same name, but I'd not heard either one. Now, I think I had heard maybe a song or two from the Lippa Wild Party, but it was actually really fun to get to sort of listen to both of these for the first time, and I read through uh, the full Wikipedia pages for both and then found some articles comparing the two. And I have to say, I think the Lippa is sort of, has a more traditional feel to it, if that makes sense. Uh, I saw someone compare some of the numbers in it to like Frank Wildhorn's music, which I actually think is pretty apt. Um, And I think it's a really fun show. Like there's some numbers in this that like, I love this opening, the this queen was a blonde. Obviously, Tay Diggs, uh, Ikea Menzel, Julia Murney, Brian Darcy James. What a freaking cast. What a cast. And Dan texted me earlier today. 
Oh no. <laughs> um, to ask if there was one song in particular which I which I liked. Um, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, to, to ask if if I particularly appreciated. If you were okay after hearing. Yeah, if it was okay after listening to maybe I like it this way, and I was like, uh, no, Dan, I'm not okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was. Honestly, after listening to it, kind of surprised that I had not listened to it before. Yeah, I had a very similar reaction in that I had known that these two shows existed, but I never listened to any of them before. So this was my first time as well. And I shared a lot of those uh, responses to hearing this one. Uh, let's move on. Dan Bayer, do you have any history with Lip is the Wild Party? Um, I, I do not. I had heard the Lacusa Wild Party before with Tony Collette and Mandy Patinkin and Eartha Kitt, but I had never heard this one before. Um, and I, I think I like them both for very different reasons, but this one, listening to just the, um, the cast recording and prep for this, a lot of the first act, it felt like the show was shouting at me. It was just very, very loud. <laughs> And it, it like everyone was taking their cues from Adina. I mean, God bless her, but the girl, she just belts. And but Act Two, I think, really kind of opens up and does have a bit of a softer palette. I like that he is playing around with adding modern. Uh, twists to some 20s styles of music. I think sometimes it works better than it doesn't, though. Um, and he also does my least favorite thing in musicals, which is have overlapping dialogue when I can't understand what everyone is saying. And I think that's just me, though. Because, like, done well, it can be great. But most of the time, I'm just like, who am I supposed to be listening to? I don't know what anyone's saying. Am I missing an important plot point? But, the, you know, that's just me. <laughs> and my neuroticness about that. But yeah, um, Andrew Lippa knows how to write a musical. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly, you know, well-regarded. He started off Broadway, but then years later, you see him as a Tony nominee for The Addams Family. I mean, here's someone who, talk about range, really has it all, uh, for better or worse. <laughs> uh, next, uh, let's go to Casey. Casey, what did you think of Lip is the Wild Party? Yeah, I had the same kind of intro as Nicole, where I was very much aware of both of these, but hadn't listened to either before, but read through as well as listened to the albums. Um, I like this one. Like, again, like Nicole said as well, it's, it's a little bit more traditional musical theater than the other one. I wasn't crazy about how it blends. At some points I was just like, just give me the full experience. I don't need us to try to modernize it in that way. But I did like also that it did kind of focus on those core four with a little bit less of the um, ensemble. Although I did like that aspect of the other one, which we'll get to. Um, but especially like Tay Diggs in this in particular in that recording really shine through to me. I've never been crazy about him. And to be fair, Benny and Rent is not that exciting. So this was a <laughs> lot more of a unique showcase of what he can do. I actually liked a lot of the overlapping dialogue, but that's something that I enjoy. The show reminded me a lot of Chicago, I think, and like things where it's emulating that type of earlier style. But it, yeah, it reminded me a lot of other shows that I've heard before, which is not a bad thing. It made it very easy to listen to but yeah that i had like specific songs that we can i guess get into later but yeah i enjoyed it very good cody thoughts 
Okay, first of all, I want to say how I actually kind of like that none of us knew the shows. <laughs> like, I, I think we're going to, you know, reach a point sooner rather than later where we're kind of picking musicals at random to cover on this uh, podcast. And I think now's a good time. I mean, I guess by default, I did know the show best of all because I've listened to it a few times. But I mean, you know, an expert am I not? Uh, that being said, the Lippo Wild Party, I... Not to, you know, uh, telegraph which of the two I prefer, but I do find the kind of uh, unabashed, we are musical theater pop writing uh, style to just not quite be my thing with this show. I think it doesn't help that the Lacusa is right there doing the exact same story in a different style that I think overall works better for the show uh that being said they're you know kind of even though they have the same source material from what i can gather and i've never seen either one live they do have fairly different focuses which is kind of interesting from an adaptation standpoint um this one seems much more focused on the actual uh love triangle if you will um rather than kind of the ensemble of the party except for you know a few characters here and there and i think it's got some good songs but i think overall lipa really excels as a composer and not a lyricist which when you're basing a show on a poem which i think that's a problem i I think it kind of when you get the lines that are obviously from the poem like most of the opening number it kind of really pales comparison later when you have your you know the written lyrics from uh, lipa like i I wrote down what was it um raise the roof the repeated refrain oh yeah take my take my advice it always pays to raise the roof that doesn't mean anything (laughs) that's just gobbledygook (laughs) and she says it like four times and every single time i was like what are you saying what does that mean so yeah overall i was like Oh, no, but that song, I was like, I'm sure people love this. It's not for me. That song also sounds identical to When You're an Adams from the Adam Family. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. It's the same song. I even listened to them back to back to check. <gasps> um, Amazing. You know, self-plagiarism is okay. It just it, it stood out to me. But, yeah, overall, I think this is an uh, interesting piece of kind of anachronistic score uh, in comparison to the source material, which I don't, I don't dislike as a concept, but I think – some of it really grinds it into a time and place, which is ironic given that the score is set in a different time and place than the setting. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. 
and subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. We certainly do know what you mean, and we share a lot of those sentiments. Uh, (laughs) I think we're going to continue a lot of them when we talk about uh, the Lakuza Wild Party. Before before we get too far down that path, let's go to Lauren and get your thoughts on Lepa's version. Well, you know, no spoiler, I also don't have so much experience with these shows. I really wish I was old enough to care that there were two shows by the same source material being on New York theater at the same time, because I love a chaotic mess like that. And I just hope that something like that happens again, because like that's amazing. And I just love that it just kept going. But Lippa is the one that I guess I have the most experience with. With an asterisk, I would just watch. That's the one where I found, you know, most YouTube videos on where people would play it in my high school. Probably just because, you know, Julia Murney and Adina Menzel and Tay Dix. That's just probably why we were playing it all the time. And I kind of dug it. I really enjoyed it. I like how the this adaptation does center around, you know, those four main characters, which is why maybe me as a younger person gravitated toward it, because it was a lot more of a blunt story and it was a lot easier to follow when you're just following character stories instead of big themes and just a big ensemble as in the other production. And I'm also just personally a big fan of punk rock. I love Rent. I love I love the score of Spring Awakening. Um, even Jagged Little Pill, I really enjoyed. So if you give me punk rock, I'm going to enjoy it. And I did like the um, mixing of, you know, the 1920s and also punk rock. It was kind of interesting. And it kind of worked in some ways, even though it doesn't in other show in other songs. So that kind of like really rocked my world. It did, did remind me a lot of Spring Awakening, how we use like modern music to incorporate the other one. And I just love how these two shows just show what theater is so cool, which is there's different interpretations between artists. So I love that artists can look at one piece of art and then make two totally different things based off that. And I think that's kind of what theater is all about. And I think it's so cool that this existed within months of each other. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about these two musicals is that you cannot confuse them outside of the title. Like they are, Yes, based on the same source material, but in terms of what they're taking from that, it's a very different interpretation between Lippa and Lacusa. So it's neat that, yes, they share that same season and the same title and really that same source material, but they are just very different in how they're going about it. So that's sort of a neat thing. We should uh, sort of take a dive into what this is all about. We've been talking about the Wild Party, but we should mention that it's based on a 1928 poem by Joseph Moncure March. And what it's about, there's really not much plot to it. It's just about this big, drunken, coke-filled party in the Roaring Twenties and a love triangle at the center of it. Uh, you have Queenie, who's married to Burrs, uh, played by Julia Murney here, Queenie, and then Burrs is Brian Darcy James. They have all these people over for a big party to sort of bring some excitement back into their marriage, and things go off the rails from there. You have a man named Mr. Black and his wife Kate show up, and, of course, that creates some marital tension between Queenie and Burrs. But then you also get to learn about these supporting characters as well, all the eccentrics that show up. And all those eccentric characters get a little song or a moment throughout. My favorite was when Madelaide, uh, played by Alex Corey, sings <laughs> uh, an old-fashioned love story, which is one of the highlights of the show for me. That is probably my favorite song in this show, honestly. I thought that was delightful in every way, and I just love how... 
<laughs> when they're introducing all the characters, they introduce her and she steps forward and says, lesbian. It's very Just funny. Just incredible. She, she was I, like, iconic. I believe she was nominated for a drama desk in the supporting category. Yeah. And it's well-deserved because that song is really a big showstopper. I think actually between the two wild parties, that's one of my favorite songs of the whole experience of listening to these two. So if you're going to listen to one song, I would maybe make it that one just for her performance and the writing there. It's really a lot of fun. So taken as a whole, though, I think it's an interesting concept to turn a poem into a musical. But I don't think there's a whole lot of meat on the bones here. It's just very repetitive after a while. It's more of an interesting song cycle than it is a successful show, in my opinion. You have seeds of great ideas and interesting characters, but it's not really enough to fill out a two and a half hour space. And I'm saying this is someone who's only listened to the albums, but even in that time listening to the album, I'm like, okay, what's next? I get it. The party's going on and it's on and it's on. Like, when does this party end? Is this all we're getting here? Yeah, like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and like called the wild party. Yes. It's like every few songs, it's like they sing another song. It's like, and then the party's going on. Yeah, there's like four songs with party in the title. And, you know, it is interesting because it's based on a poem. I will say, though, it's a it's a book length poem. It's not like this is, you know, yeah. two rows diverge in yellow wood. But it's I think it's just more the structure of it. But still, you know, the structure of a poem is not naturally indebted to a typical narrative structure for the most part. And I haven't read this poem. But like I said, I think you can really see the bones of what the poem is going for in the opening number. Queenie is a blonde, was a blonde. And I don't quite know if the lipa version follows through on that i think the musical highlight for me is wild wild party which is one of the big you know ensemble production numbers because personally i find the show as a whole kind of has this trying to be dangerous and scary air to it in a way that i think comes across as cheesy sometimes and that's one of the only times that that uh tone is not being aimed for you know that's the only like party song that actually feels like a party you'd want to go to to a degree i was just gonna say there are a lot of the when he's doing the straight 20s jazz stuff it comes off kind of like um candor and ed candor and ebb castoffs mm-hmm. hey everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of episode 42 of the next best theater podcast talking about the wild party in order to get the full podcast episode, you will have to head on over to our Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this episode and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Theater Podcast, part of the Next Best Picture Podcast umbrella, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.